You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romamu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shabbat shalom. Oh, good Shabbos. Shabbos didn't come soon enough this week. I was ready every day. So, one of the most inspiring parts of my work at Romamu, and there are many inspiring parts of working at Romamu, it's the chance to study one-on-one with congregants who are in the process of choosing a Jewish life. I get to accompany people on this journey towards giyur, towards conversion. It's humbling and it's exciting. One of the students I learned with is a young woman, an artist, and I asked her permission to share this story. I gave her a writing prompt when we met last month, asking her, what does this process, what does this process of becoming Jewish, what does it mean to you? She wrote me a very thoughtful essay, complete with illustrations, and one of the central questions that she grappled with was, how do I sign on for something when there's much that I don't agree with? This is a question that many Jews by birth ask as well. Our sages understand Sinai as the ultimate moment of conversion. We were all gerim and giorot. Last week in Parshat Yitro, there were only 10 commandments. Why? Why just 10? Because we're newbies. And as converts, it's good to start with a digestible number. But in this week's Parsha, God seems to forget that we're still green. And after the first doable 10, God lays down a hefty litany of laws and ordinances for the new Israelite community to observe. So many of these laws are archetypes of ideal ethical behavior. Care for the widow and the orphan. Do not oppress the stranger. Many of us beam with pride as we read these passages. That's ours. But then there's others that we don't want to claim, that are anathema, to the modern seeker on many levels, the rape victim who must marry the rapist, and ownership of slaves moments after we became free people ourselves. Then after this chapter's long list of laws, there's a remarkable scene, a commitment scene. Moshe descends and the covenant begins. Moshe begins by writing down everything that God said. And then Moshe goes to sleep. When he rises in the morning, Moshe builds an altar at the foot of the mountain. After sacrificing bulls on this altar and sprinkling the blood, he opens up the book, the very book that he wrote down last night, and he reads it to us. We stand up and declare, 
כל אשר דיבר אדוני נעשה ונשמע. Everything that God has spoken, we will do and we will, we will listen, we will hear. נעשה ונשמע. משה מסיר את הקבינט על פורים בלוד על his committed audience. And we are bound forever to the words in this book with the resounding yes of Naase Venishma, we will do and we will hear. But what are we saying yes to? Is it the list of laws, the mitzvot that we just heard? Rashi has a different take. Ein mukdam umuchar b'Torah. The Torah is not chronological. Time weaves in and out, moments appear out of context, and we have to listen closely to know exactly where we are. This covenant scene may appear in the Torah after Ve'eli Mishpatim, after the myriads of laws, but that scene, this scene, it doesn't happen there. The writing, the blood, the Na'asev and Nishma took place before the lightning and the thunder, before the giving of Torah, before Aseret HaDibrot. Rashi says, we didn't accept Torah after hearing what was inside of it. We accepted Torah as a precondition to receiving it. You may ask, if all of this happened before Torah was given, then what was Moshe writing down? And what was he reading to us? What are we saying yes to? According to Rashi, Moshe reads us our history, where we come from, Bereshit, everything that led up to this very moment at the bottom of the mountain. We stand and we hear our past. We hear who we were and we hear who we dreamt of becoming. It is to this that we respond with a resounding yes. We must inherit our past, know where we came from before we can step into our future, before we can accept Torah, before we can evolve. I also take from Rashi's words that we need to inherit everything. We need to read the laws, the, both the ones that inspire us to be a mensch in the world and the ones that I want to cross out. We have to see where we came from. That's not where we are now. We don't have to love them or apologize for them, but we need to open our ears to listen to clues what is behind them and to hear them in a historical context. And remember that our historical context is long and wide, and it begins But it doesn't end with the written Torah. So how today, how can we say Naasef Venishma as we live in Torah, as we study Torah, as we daven together? And what do I say to this amazing woman who I'm studying with? How to say Naasef Venishma? We will do and we will hear. The Svat Emet has a different reading, a different take on these two words. He says that the na'aseh, the doing, is the preparation for the Torah. The na'aseh is actually the tikkun, it's fixing things within ourselves to prepare us to be open to receive Torah. Then the nishma is our receiving of Torah. 
And he says that it didn't just happen once, that we are in an ever-long process of na'aseh v'nishma, v'na'aseh v'nishma. We are preparing ourselves for Torah, and then we're receiving Torah. And each time we go through this, this cycle, we're going deeper and deeper and deeper. And we say yes and yes and yes all over again. The other thing that the Svaramet is bringing as well is that part of the preparation is pre-Torah. We are bringing ourselves. We're bringing, even like for those of us who didn't grow up steeped, steeped in Torah, we're bringing our own compass, our own experience. We're bringing everything to the nishma. So it's our responsibility that when we say, when we step to Torah, that we're not leaving ourselves behind what came before. I felt like I wanted to add another word. It's a little audacious, so don't share this. Um, <laughs> but I felt this need um, to add another word to na'asevenishma, which is na'asok, which is this act we, whenever we bless before we study Torah, we say la'asok b'divrei Torah. We get busy with Torah. We get in, we grapple, we're in and active in Torah. So I want to add to this cycle of na'aseh v'nishma, na'aseh v'nishma v'na'asek v'na'asok v'na'aseh v'nishma v'na'asok as an everlasting study of Torah and tongue twister. Um, <laughs> I want to bless us as we live, as we learn, as we pray together to have that resounding yes, that na'aseh v'nishma and the na'asok, to dive in, get busy with Torah, and bring it forward, inherit and carry it forward.